years ago i was in palm desert with my wife vivian vivian was about to give birth with zach so she was in a little one of those expensive shops just browsing and looking around and outside i gave a friend of mine a call that guy's name is merlin quiggle i kid you not and i said hey merlin what are you doing he said i'm out shopping for rolex watches right now and i'm like for who and he goes i'm giving them to some friends of mine i'm like a really generous gift how much do those things cost each he goes about twelve thousand dollars and i said well why are you doing that that's an incredibly generous gift and he said well these three people are responsible for giving me all the work i've had over the past 25 years and it's just a way of showing my gratitude and my appreciation for what they've done and he said and selfishly who do you think they're going to think of every single time they check the time. And at that moment, I was blown away. That was one of the smartest things I've ever heard. Well, if you fast forward a little bit, I got introduced to someone a few years ago. It's someone I'm about, about to introduce right now. His name's John Rulin, and he has developed a brand called Giftology. He works with major clients and brands like the Chicago Cubs, Morgan Stanley, Keller Williams, Jacksonville Jaguars, Shell, Caesars Palace, and me. And uh, this book, Giftology, is a system that's all about standing out and getting more referrable clients and referral sources and also about developing real relationship retention and growth through gratitude. And he also drives sales through deepening relationships. He's also... Cutco's number one knives sales representative, because if I add to the story a little bit, I wanted to introduce him to the strategic coach team, and I've been working with the sales team over there. So I dialogued with John, and of course, John is always developing relationships himself. I thought, what a great way to really inspire and connect with the entire sales team. So we sent them gifts. And the responses, reactions, the gratitude I got from everyone was phenomenal because everyone received custom knives, inscribed knives. And of course, this is something they're going to pass on. They're going to have forever because they're very, very high quality. Well, this is a lot more than talking about knives today. This is really about the science of giving, the science of retention, the science of getting referrals. So John, my friend, nice to have you here today, sir. You ready to rock, yeah, rock and roll? Yeah, yeah, man. I feel like we could cut the episode right there. You basically just walk people through the stories that that uh, you know show that gratitude isn't a woo-woo thing. It's like a ROI driver, and people, you know, nobody cares about gifts, but we all care about relationships. Holy cow! Well, I'll tell you what. The first time, and part of the reason I want to just frame it up and get it going is I was so damn skeptical at first, and I'm like, ugh, yeah. It's going to be one of those trinket, uh, you know, just sending out trinkets and baubles and that kind of thing and custom inscribed mugs or like thermoses and flashlights and just junk. Swag and trinkets. Um, but yeah, yeah. And you go way deeper in being thoughtful and developed a science and a system to this. So um, I wanted to I hope I didn't steal too much fire, but I thought, well, what the hell? I might as well frame this thing up because people who listen to this podcast they want to cut to the chase. And yeah, like get to the brass tacks. Right on. Yep. So 
I think the best way to begin here before we get into the science and some of the tactics and some of the things that stand out that are really, really big is why don't you talk a little bit about why gift giving in the first place and how did you happen upon this and figure out how powerful it is. And I'd like to go through a couple transformational journeys and stories about how you've used this and seen massive changes happen inside of businesses and also the way people think. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I didn't grow up around nice gifts and country clubs and Rolexes. I, I grew up the, the opposite. I'm a farm boy from Ohio. I grew up milking goats, uh, baling hay. We had a one acre garden and I, I really wanted to get out of Dodge. Like I grew up in a in town of 417 people and my life changed because of a mentor. You know, a lot of people talk about masterminds and groups and coaching. I didn't have access to any of those things, but I did when I went into college, I was going to go be a doctor. And my girlfriend's dad was this rainmaking attorney in the small town. And when you're poor, you notice when people are generous and Paul was radically generous with everybody, like whether it was the assistant and the janitor or the CEO, he was just like, he'd find deals on noodles and everybody at church the next Sunday would walk away with like 200 cases. And I'd be like, Paul, that was like 30 or 40 grand. Are you nuts? And he just smiled. It wasn't tactical for him. It was who he was. It just, he just exuded this. And because of that, he owned oil wells, banks, real estate. Everybody came to him because he was the most liked, trusted, and top of mind person in the community. And so I pitched him. I went and interned with Cutco as out of desperation. I had no idea what Cutco was. And I pitched him the idea of giving away pocket knives to all his clients. They're, they're CEOs of insurance companies and lumber yards and home builders and you know, all the financial advisor firms, that kind of stuff. And he, uh, and he changed my life forever. He's like, John, I don't want to order pocket knives. Pocket knives are like a hundred bucks. He's like, I want to order a bunch of the hundred dollar pairing knives. I'm like, Paul, you want to give a bunch of grown men CEOs of like million, you know, from a million dollars to a billion dollars was his range of clients. Why a kitchen tool. And he changed my life forever. I'm 20. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat before church at the dinner table. And he's like, John, I found out in 35 years in business, if you take care of the family in business, everything else takes care of itself. So it was at that point, I had the epiphany that it wasn't about the stupid knives. Although to this day, we still do millions of dollars in knives. And I'll talk about why that is. It's not about the knives. I, Paul understood that knife was a delivery vehicle for an emotion. And he, he, like people loved and trusted him because he was always around, even in not like, even if he wasn't there, like his, his name got brought up mm-hmm. magically. And so I started to mimic that and started to pitch the idea to CEOs of $200 million companies and $2 million CFOs or, or financial advisor firms and wealth firms and private offices, all these different companies. And they'd be like, if I said, Hey, I want to pitch you knives, I would get click. If I said, Hey, I may, I would in my dorm room was mailing off $300 carving sets to these guys with a note handwritten said, carve out five minutes for me. I'd get the meeting. I'd walk in this. The guys are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. They're like, are you the John Rulin that sent me the knives? I'm like 21. And they're like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm pouring with sweat. I'm in these mahogany boardrooms. And they're like, I thought you'd be like 60 years old, some seasoned sales executive. What are you, are you here to sell me knives? I'm like, no, I'm here to help you and your thousand sales reps do exactly what I did to you, to your top 10,000 relationships. Right on. So by the time I was a senior, Cutco's worked with 1.5 million sales reps. So people are like, John, like, this sounds like woo woo. Like, is this like one of those things that was born in academia? I'm like, out of 1.5 million sales reps, we became the number one in the history, 70 years of Cutco by applying what we now call the giftology system. But it's really it's understanding the psychology of building relationships to inspire them to go refer open doors, be loyalty, you know, be loyal, be engaged. All the stuff that we want in business with humans can be accomplished. If we 
show our love and gratitude a certain way. So that's the core. I mean, I could talk, tell you a hundred stories, but it all started back 20 years ago by mimicking somebody who did it naturally. Right. And I think for me, again, I'm not sure. Did we meet through Hal Elrod? Is that what our connection was? Hal and Justin. Hal and Justin. Okay. And, and so I, I, and I've been a slow skeptical sale, even though I knew better to get uh, enrolled in this. And I'm part of it's just because I'm just such a um, man. It's so weird. I'm trying to think of what my resistance to it all was, because at first I'm like, God, it just felt corny at first until I really cheesy. got to know you better. Yeah, it, it and, feels and like I know better. I know this business. I at least I think I do. But my big fat ego stood in the way. And uh, I want to start a little story for you, because there's a couple transformations um, that I think are meaningful. One of them was. um it's Pete, Pete Vargas, and the Tony Robbins story. And I want to prep this up by saying, um, you know, 25 or so years ago, I was in a really, I think it was longer than that. Shoot, it's 30 years now. Damn. Okay. Um, I was in a spot. Here's the backstory. I had my first company, which was called Digital Cafe. Is one of the first digital marketing agencies. We had huge clients, Sony, 20th Century Fox, BMW, but the, and, and we, a lot of like visibility in, tele, in television and, and, and news at the point. And we were doing some of the earliest crazy things like building websites in the 90s when the web was brand, 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 brand new. And we used to do branded video games. We developed a video game called Chex Quest that shipped in 6 million breakfast cereal boxes. But right before that, um, we were really struggling because we're working with these big companies, but they didn't pay their bills. It took like six months to get paid and we were broke. I mean, I was a quarter million in the hole. I had recently gone through a divorce. I was fat drinking, uh, and I was living on a gas card. So a friend of mine introduced me to Tony Robbins and told me about him. He had a huge transformation himself. I bought personal power. I immediately, I like got a fresh credit card because I had no more credit available. I'm be paying my employees on credit card checks. We're down at the very end. Found out about Tony, got personal power, um, signed up, packed up my credit card thinking I'm going to get a miracle. I ended up going to an event and it changed my mindset. Came back, turned the business around. Six months later, we we're being acquired by a billion dollar marketing agency. That's the basic um, story. So if you fast forward a little bit further, and from that moment on, I just thought Tony Robbins was a miracle worker, completely changed my mindset. And I introduced him to a lot of people, too. So if you fast forward a little bit, I eventually met Tony, helped him out with some marketing, wound up introducing him to the big marketers like uh, Russell Brunson and and Frank Kern, Jeff Walker, all the, the originals, produced some products with them, etc. Well. From that moment on, everyone wanted to say, like, how do I get hold of Tony? I want, will you introduce me to Tony? Everything was like, it was like I got hundreds of requests. And I always told everyone the best way to get Tony Robbins' attention is write out a check for a million dollars to his nonprofit, and you'll get a few minutes with him, and he'll listen to you, okay? Magic. Now, having said that, that was a long setup. I want you to tell the story about how Pete Vargas got Tony Robbins' attention. 
Well, yeah, it's uh, so Pete is is a close friend and, and he's yeah. a big advocate like for relationship building. He teaches people how to get on stage, all these different things. Yeah. yeah. And he had started to do some things for Tony on the mastermind side mm-hmm. last couple of years, him and Dean, uh, the three of them had yeah. mm-hmm. collaborated, but really Tony, it really wasn't on Tony's radar. No, no. And it, but, it, but they'd started to collaborate and work on some different projects together where Pete was getting ownership in some of these things, even though, he, you know, and it was more Dean was handling things, but he wanted to show gratitude for this new partnership yeah, yeah. and really like stand out. And, uh, and so he reached out and said to John, like, what do we do? Like, you know, like you're the giftology guy. Like I, you know, we send gifts to all of our clients. We do these things, but this is a, you know, this isn't a $200 gift. This isn't a thousand dollar gift. Like we want to really like love on this guy, but I don't have an unlimited budget. Like I, I can't write a check necessarily right now for a million dollars. That's right. And, uh, it, but I want to show gratitude. And I said, we're going to do knives. And he's like, come on, John, we send knives to everybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, knives. It, it, yeah, yeah. Like knives. And I'm like, no, it's not about the knife. Remember <laughs> Pete and Pete's like, yeah. Okay. Tell me what are we going to do? That's unique. And I said, well, we're going to take the big, the four or $5,000 knife set. And there's 32 knives in that set. You know, they're all handmade, blah, blah, blah. Tony already has a hundred knife sets, but this is what's going to make it different. I said on each side, we're going to take, and we're going to do the research and we're going to take 40 years of his wisdom of who he is, what he spoke into existence that's poured into people that's changed people's lives. He's, you know, like he's a miracle worker. You know, a lot of people have your story, Mike, of like transformation. And I said for his kids and grandkids and great grandkids, they are going to fight over this knife set because it's an heirloom now. It's an artifact. And so that's what we did. And then we put it inside this crazy, it's called a strong box. If you imagine like a royal ship, you know, 200 years ago, walnut, cast iron. And we had these made, custom made. They're a couple grand. And, uh, and you open it up, it automatically starts playing a video. It's got a seven inch video screen built in. And so, so Pete made a custom video saying, Hey, Tony and Sage, you poured into my life. This is, I, I just want to show gratitude. I hope these knives remind you of what matters, who you are, what you've poured into the world. And someday your future generations will be able to break bread and talk about the legacy that you created. And so he made the video, we made the knives. It took like, we sent it off. We didn't hear for a number of months. Yeah. But Sage, his wife reached out and left a message for Pete and said, Pete, it's one of the most thoughtful gifts. Like it really wasn't a gift. It's an, like, it's a like it's an heirloom. I don't even know what to call it. Like, but it, like, it's, it's one of the most thoughtful things anybody's ever done for us. We can't thank you enough. And Pete sent me the message and was like, dude, uh, like this, you told me it was going to work. You told me like the, like, like the gratitude, whatever else, but I didn't, I, I kind of in the back of my mind doubted because it seems silly. Like these guys, you know, like when you're dealing with people that are worth six, seven, eight, nine figures Yeah, for the man or woman who have everything, what are you going to do? Yeah. We, I, and so a lot of the things that we do aren't about spending, you know, it's not about the hundred thousand dollar watch. We can do something for a couple grand or a grand, or even sometimes, you know, it's the handwritten note that provides the meaning, the tears and the context. Like we all like even billionaires, I don't care if you're Richard Branson, we all want to make feel like our life, life has mattered. We all want to be appreciated. Even a billionaire craves to be acknowledged as human because we're just humans. And that's what like so many people, you know, they'll, they'll sponsor things. They'll, you know, a hundred grand for this Facebook sponsorship or ad campaign or a million dollars for this trip to, you know, to Africa or to Pebble beach. All of those are fine, but almost everybody in business follows the same playbook and they'd suck at showing gratitude in a tangible way. And so that's, that's really at a core level. If everybody was really good at it and world-class at it, it wouldn't work. But because people think they're a seven out of 10 and really they're a negative three, 
you know, we see these relationships evolve into like where people are like moved and inspired to tears into action in ways that, you know, that wouldn't take place in any other way. Yeah. I think there's two things that I've learned in my 30 some years of doing marketing. And now I've been coaching with ultra high net worth individuals for the past few years, especially. And the two key things that stand out for me, one of them is, um, I haven't met anyone who isn't challenged with um, what I call their own value gap, meaning their own self-perception of self-worth and value and what the world sees in them. So in other words, um, there are many, many celebrities. First of all, being uh, an entrepreneur, being a business owner, being really, really successful is a very lonely place for a lot of these people. And the second thing is, their ability to receive is oftentimes 10 years or 20 years behind, meaning as they've evolved, their own internal self-worth hasn't evolved with that and their willingness, ability to receive a compliment or a gift or something like that is also delayed. Um, This is where I can actually use the word retarded. It's a retarded ability to receive. Um, And then... The other thing is people on the outside assume they, they have an imprint of where someone is in terms of the, the social hierarchy or where they are on the value system. And they perceive that this person's way up here where that individual doesn't see themselves that way. In other words, your projection on status is an illusion. And so entering into every relationship without projecting your own um, value vomit on someone is very, very important, right? And not assuming their perception of their own self-worth is as well. And so back to this whole thing is being able just to stand out and be different. And and there's uh, a couple of great quotes along that line, which is Jerry Garcia said, your goal should be to be not be the best at something, but be the only one who does a certain something or be the first one to put the flag on the moon. A flag is no big deal, but the first flag on the moon was, and there's a lot of opportunities to be a first by crafting and creating something that's meaningful. And what you've done, what I really learned after spending time with you is how you really have a a methodology in thinking about what would be meaningful to an individual. So why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, you use Tony as an example, going through his, his sayings and putting those on the knives. What are, what are some of the other um, ways of thinking through the meaningful filter and researching the individual so you really get and leave not just an initial impression, but a lasting impression that shows up over and over again? Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, the, the, you know, we have a recipe. Um, and oftentimes people will say, John, I, I did giftology. It didn't work. And I'm like, did you follow the recipe? Did you follow the system? And they're like, why? Well, I, I kind of ish. I did giftology ish yeah. messaging matters. Messaging matters. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, if you bake bread and you leave out yeast, guess what? You don't get, you don't get bread. And that little thing makes all the difference. You get a host. Yeah, you get a host. That's a Catholic exactly. joke for the Catholics in the audience. <laughs> yeah. You get a host, you get communion. Um, matzo. so okay, matzo. Matzo. Yeah, you, you get, get some unleavened bread. 
Um, so, so oftentimes like the reason the knives work so well is I, I call them practical luxuries. Like we don't in, in America and really worldwide affluent people, we don't need more stuff. We don't need more trinkets and things on the wall to collect dust and tchotchkes and paperweights and all that kind of stuff. So, so giving something that people can actually use is important. Include the other thing is, is that Paul got this and, and, you know, people, when they hire us to do all their gifting for them, we'll, we'll walk through and say 80% of it needs to be targeted at the inner circle. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you're going to target the guy or the gal that loves bourbon or golf or whatever else, who cares? They get stuff in that category all the time. If they like hot sauce, people send them hot sauce. If they like racing, they send them racing stuff. I'm like, well, guess who doesn't get treated like gold? Their spouse, their kids, their assistant, their chief of staff, their admin, their pets, we're going to do things that are family centric or inner circle centric. So the reason the knives work so well is so many people only target the influencer, the CEO, the employee. We just did this big thing with uh, zoom, the, the chief people officer is zoom. And I talk about the power of like, we're starting to send our employees and encourage our clients to do the same thing. $5,000 mattresses. And people are like five grand for a mattress. Why would you send a mattress? I'm like, because most of our employees and most people in general are married. And you'll put $5,000 match towards our 401k that nobody brags about or cares. We'll teach people and execute for people a $5,000 gift that they're talking about 15 years later because they use it every day. It makes their life better. They're more rested. They're... So the, the thought process is how can you ingrain yourself into somebody's life? at home is their family with their spouse, you know, like most people say like they, they only target the hobby, the office, the interest, and they leave 90% on the table because they're not including people around them that actually become the sales advocate. You know, like the person who called Pete wasn't Tony. It was Sade. That's right. It, and, and oftentimes we get myopic expect guys are the worst at this. Women are way better emotional intelligence wise, understanding the dynamics of relationships and marriages and, and people guys are like, they just want to, we just, you know, and this is a generality, but we type a we're straight laced. We want to go ki like kill something, check it off the box and go to the next thing. Relationships don't work that way. You want to get, you know, I have clients, you know, like a Cameron Harold who I did the, the 7,000 hour Brooks brothers experience for, he went, you know, he, like he's become my sales rep. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pay, I could pay him $2 million and he wouldn't sell for me. I loved on him for a decade. I inspired him to go open doors for us that we couldn't have probably opened with a million bucks. Yeah. And it was because I took care of not just him. I took care of his wife, his kids, his inner circle. I loved on him. I didn't, I didn't use it as a manipulation. I use it as a true friendship, a true relationship tool. And so a lot of our methodology is mapping out how do you personalize it? How, how could I take the same stupid knife set and based upon the handwritten note, the timing of the gift, the inclusion of the spouse, all the messaging, how could I send that to 10,000 people and get the same response I got to Tony Robbins as somebody would get to sending it to somebody that works for them and makes 200 grand a year or somebody that's employed and makes 50 grand a year. But like there's, there's the, the little the delivery vehicle could be the same. The details of packaging around it are going to be different. And that's where people think they can mimic what we do. And they're missing the heart. They're missing the meaning. They're missing the thoughtfulness. They think, well, John, it's the thought that counts. I mailed a hundred things from Amazon and I'm like, our relationships automated. Do you think that you can outsource that and, and not include, like, does it feel the same when it comes from Amazon as if it came from a human being? No. That one detail you get wrong, you don't get the impact. You don't get the emotional connection. You don't get the referrals. End of story. Well, 
as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking through the structure, you know, here are some of the things that you brought up. A practical luxury. Um, how do you personalize it? Which is messaging. So, you know, the, the, the system that I've been using for years is I, it's market model message medium. Okay, so who's your market? In other words, who is your ideal target? Who do you want to be a hero to in, uh, in what we call Dan Sullivan vocabulary? And the model is, you know, what's your business model, um, which is, you know, what's your outcome? And like you said, the intention matters so much. And if this is just intended to manipulate, it's going to feel gross. Okay. This has really got to be heartfelt and you've got to, this is not a game you're playing. Um, so that's something that I think is, I want to spend a little bit of time on not being manipulative when I come back to the question. So then the message, which is how do you personalize it? So in Tony's case, it was grabbing some sayings. You know, the same could be true with Dan, for example, to communicate with Dan. There's a whole bunch of Dan Sullivan sayings. There's his wisdom throughout the ages. Um, but that takes a little bit of research. It's thought. Um, and then the media, in this case, it's the device. It's the gift. Or as you said, it's the artifact. And I think that's a really important word to really spend some time to grok. If anyone's familiar with Stranger in a Strange Land and uh, Heinlein's uh, book, groking is fully comprehending on a, like a spiritual uh, level. It's not in pure intellectual exercise. Um, so, and there's one other big idea I just want to drop in here. Uh, we've been doing something, we call it ambassador marketing lately. So again, getting back to, think of the first circle as being those you want to be a hero to, the target, the ideal client or customer. And then outside of that, um, if you want to access a lot of those, you find out an affinity group that many like that exist in. I always say, focus your energies on your top 2%, not on the 80%. Don't go wide and shallow, go narrow and deep. But then um, outside of an affinity group, you've got influencers. But if you really, really, really want to gain maximum leverage and maximum access and do it in a subtle, nuanced way, you focus on ambassador marketing. In other words, the ambassadors influence the influencers who thereby can access the affinity groups. And one ambassador can give you access to all the customers you ever need or want. So an investment where someone will be like, hey, what's my cost per acquisition? It's like, how about instead of thinking about how you're going to, you know, not spend more than 50 or 100 bucks to gain access. How about thinking about how do you own the mind and the soul and the heart of an ambassador? Yeah. And, and what we do with Cameron. I mean, that's right. exactly. over a decade. We invested 20 grand. And people are like, well, Tony Grand's a lot for one relationship. I'm like, well, it's produced over seven figures. Yeah, yeah. A million dollars. Would you trade 20 grand for a million bucks? Duh. I mean, that's an ATM machine. Put 20, 20 grand in, get a million dollars out. And, you know, like I said, I could have given him $2 million in cash. He wouldn't have done anything. He, he would have been like, I, I'm not working for you. Yeah, yeah. But when you love on people, when you inspire people, when you... Um, you know, I, I, they call it return on relationship. Everybody says it's, you know, sexy because of Vaynerchuk and all these guys who talk about playing the long game. Mm -hmm. I'm like, your long game is days, not decades. I played in decades. Mm -hmm. And when you get somebody as, like you said, your ambassador, 
And I would take it a step further. If you get the spouse or the assistant of the ambassador to become your internal sales advocate, now you have somebody on the home team that's in their ear when you're not around talking in. And I can tell you story after story after story where the ambassador, the affinity group, the CEO, the influencer actually laughed at our client. And then we started playing the game. We started loving on them, not manipulatively, you know, no logos, like a logo. People were like, John, we did giftology. I'm like, you put a logo on it. What do you think you just did? Ugh. You just defaced. Yep. I don't care if it, like, would you ever go to a wedding, your best friend's wedding and on the Tiffany's vase, put compliments of Mike Koenigs. That'd be the cheesiest thing in the world. We do that in business yeah. and we think we're branding and marketing and we really, we're doing neither. Because even if you give a Lululemon jacket out to somebody and think you're doing amazing things and you put a logo on it, mm-hmm. they're going to wash the car with it maybe, or you know, put it in yeah. the bottom of their dog bin or whatever. Like You're not paying me to advertise your company. Yeah. No. It's gross. You can get away with it if you're like the Cubs, but even our Cubs, even our pro sports clients will like the logo goes as small as possible. If we're working with a financial advisor or a realtor or a, you know, small business owner. I'm like, do you really think that they want your accounting firm on your, on the, whatever you're giving out Mm -hmm. an affluent person, maybe will say thank you because of gift guilt, but they're internally, they're thinking, wow, like, ew, or their spouses, or they're thinking you sent me, I did a million dollars. I gave you a million dollars assets under management. And you sent me a bar of chocolate with your logo on it for $17. Like that's how you show like you spent money to piss me off and annoy me and and make me feel bad about throwing that away because I'm actually on a diet right now or I'm keto or I'm or I don't drink alcohol right now or go down the list of offenses. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially in today's world. Into in 2020, yeah. we the amount live in of time, the world yeah, of like outrage and misinterpretation. Food, like, yeah, we we won't allow people to do consumables. Um, at, at scale, especially because when you send out that to 20 people, 200 people, 2000 people, the amount of people that are like, oh, I don't want my kid to have dyes or uh, my, my wife is gluten intolerant yeah. or I'm keto or I'm paleo or I'm fasting or I'm like all of these different things. And so like people don't realize they think they're doing things or they they'll do their, the, the, the worst is well, they'll do their event at the Ritz Carlton or their dinner. And then they like want to do their gifting at the motel six level. And they wonder why people are leaving the crappy stuff in their room or are throwing it in the trash or aren't saying thank you. It's because they're not, they're not, it's not congruent. Yeah. And, and so they really, they forget that there's that these, anything, anytime you put your name on something or put your name behind something, it needs to be representative of every other way that you play in the world. It can't be a check the box. Oh, it's crap. It's Christmas. Like that's the worst time to send a gift, by the way. Anybody that's, that's thinking about doing gifts on anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas, I call it no ABC gifting. Like that, if you would just avoid the obligatory, give a gift after referral, give a gift after a deal's done, give a gift because it's Christmas. Like that is, if you say you're in the relationship business and you only give things at, during transactional times, you just turned that relationship into a transactional relationship and you devalued the relationship. And, and people don't realize that's like the logo, the timing, all of these different things. They think they're doing th- the right things because they read it in a book somewhere or they see other people doing it and they don't realize everybody's following the same stupid playbook and damaging relationships with these ambassadors, these key people that really could send them, you know, over the next 10 years, 20 referrals. 
that would change their business forever. And they didn't, nobody's ever going to write a letter and say, I thought less of you as a human when I got your trinket with your logo on it or the cheap bottle of wine that we, we re-gifted. But that's what's going through people's heads. And they're not being honest because it feels mean and it feels horrible to actually be honest with what people feel when they get something. Very strong. So I had one other thing that uh, um, I was thinking about. And this is, again, my strategy in the past. So when I'd go to an event and I wanted to meet a celebrity or a CEO or, you know, whoever the king in the room was, of course, you walk into the room and what's everyone doing? Everyone's surrounding the king and looking for an angle to get their attention so they can pitch them at the most inappropriate time ever. You never want to get someone when they're busy and surrounded because all you are is noise and overwhelm. And the reason why celebs and CEOs hate going to these big events is because there's always someone picking at their energetic field. Um, So what I always do ahead of time is I find out who's the spouse, and this could be man or woman. So if it's a woman at the event, find out who the spouse is, research them, and I find out what kind of philanthropic organization they're connected with. Where's their charity? Where do they invest with their hearts? And uh, nine times out of 10, the spouse, the significant other is sitting in a corner somewhere observing. And that person is usually the fact finder protector of that other individual as well. And they're the real gatekeeper. They're the one whispering in the ears. So I invest all my time with the spouse. So if you ever see me at an event and it's like, why isn't Mike talking to the king? It's because he's talking to the queen. Or if it's the queen that's in charge, I'm talking to the king. Or whoever the the heart-driven protector is. And... One follow-up to there, and guess what? They're going to be, yeah, I was talking, you know, what did you do all night, honey? I talked to this young man, and we had the most amazing conversation, and we talked about the things that matter most to us. Yeah, who is it? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and he already followed up. So I always have a follow-up mechanism to just stay in their ear. If, uh, and, and I'm not going to, and, you know, I'm not going to, I'll be very transparent if there's some intent behind it, but I invest my heart first. And uh, that leaves the most lasting impression. And the reason why the the king says the reason I took this meeting is because you're the only one who invested time with my spouse that night. And and that tells me who you are. Yeah. Um, and so I just want so to smart. reflect that back and say, so from a uh, heart driven perspective, can we talk about some of the gifts that become artifacts that you've seen I'll leave a lasting impact and uh, create hearts, heart focused memories. Yeah. Well, I, I like things that I can use in all industries, in all sizes of companies. Mm-hmm. People like when we spoke at Google, they're like, Hey, does this work in technology? And I laughed. I'm like, There's, you know, are there human beings here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm like, well, then it works. Yeah. So the, you know, the knives work really well. I like things that are tied to the hub of the house, which is the kitchen. That's where everybody you, when, if you know somebody well, you spend time with them, you break bread with them at a restaurant. If you know them really well or want to get to know them well, you invite them to your house. Right. You know, like that's the inner circle. That's the tight knit. And so one of the things I used to make fun of, you mentioned the mugs. 
I, you know, water bottles, mugs, those things are the cheesiest things in the world. You order them for five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, put a logo on them. Like you can only drink out of one mug. And so this mm -hmm. artist blew my mind and made a thousand dollar artifact mug. They're literally called artifact mugs for me and for my wife and drove nine hours to deliver it to me. Now you say like, why thousand bucks? Like that seems ridiculous. Well, he takes your whole life story, your core values, your family, your faith, who believed in you and mentored you first, you know, like you're basically everything that matters to you and carves it into this piece over the course of four weeks and then makes a video talking about it. When he delivered it to me and my wife, we both cried. And I was like, dude, like, this is insane. We've since sent them to billionaires and seen billionaires cry. And the reason is because, I mean, the clay itself is probably worth 13 bucks. Mm -hmm. But what's carved into it, you know, most people drink coffee or tea. It's a universal thing to drink something. You're only going to, you only really need one mug. But the one that like is this practical luxury, it's a usable, it's almost like a usable Emmy or Oscar. Mm -hmm. It's like a lifetime achievement award in your hand, reminding you of what matters. And here's the cool thing. It never has a logo on it, but when you get something like that, somebody sends you a Rolex, Mike, do you have to, does it, I have to put giftology on it for you to remember where the Rolex came from? No, like you'll remember, you'll tell the story right. a, a thousand yeah. times. The same thing with the stupid mug with the knives. It's not about the item. It's about the work that goes into making that custom to that person to hit the, the deep emotional heartstrings. So I love these mugs. They know they also make these jars of awesome that, uh, or a vase and carved into it. In my case, it was my wife and I's life story together. So it's mm -hmm. our story together. Are we ever going to get rid of that piece? Never in a million years. And, uh, and, they, and they, he did another one that was all the old Testament and new Testament Bible verses, 50 lines handwritten about generosity, gifting or giving. And those wow. things are like 2,500 bucks a piece. Yeah. So I've had mentors that say, John, I would in a fire, I would grab the mug over my $50,000 watch because the watch is replaceable with insurance. Mm -hmm. This is an irreplaceable thing. And, and I had one of my favorite stories, one of my, uh, one of my greatest at ambassadors advocates is a guy named Joey Coleman. He wrote a book called never lose a customer. Yeah. He's one of the best speakers I've ever heard on the planet. And he's like, John, I used to be an attorney. And the reason I like the knives and the artifacts and the mugs and stuff that you talk about is I had a client that passed away. The patriarch passed away and the three kids fought over one item and they blew through $5 million of inheritance fighting over one thing. And I'm like, was it artwork? Nope. And I'm like, come on, what was it? And he said, it was a $20 item. Every day for 40 years, the father played the harmonica after dinner. Mm. And when they thought about their dad, I get chills every time I tell a story. When, when, they, when, the, when the girls in the, in, in, uh, thought about their dad, they thought this was what re represented them. They would, they would run into a fire that was on, or a house on fire to grab this thing. Not because of how much it cost. It was the meaning, the story behind it. It was a part of every fabric, every memory they had of their dad. Yeah. He's like, your knives become a part of the fabric. Your mugs become a part of the fact. The things you're talking about, it's not about the item. It's about the memories and the story attached to it. And he's like, the reason I love what you do is that you're really, you're helping people think about meaning and thoughtfulness. It's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought that counts. And whether that's with your spouse or your best client or your center of influence or your employee, you're helping people, you know, scale things thoughtfully. And, and, uh, and, and I was like, holy crap, dude, the, the, and that's where I got the word artifact was from Joey because yeah. he talked about the harmonica as being an artifact of the relationship. That, um, so I got to tell you, and I'll, I'll choke up just telling my story. 
So my dad's in um, hospice right now, and um, he played. No, it's 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 like the journey, right? But thank you. And um, so he's played guitar all his life, and he has this incredible Martin guitar. So when my parents went to uh, retirement community, that they're now they don't even live together because dad's not dad any longer; his brain's gone. But there was only one thing I asked. And as the oldest, it's the Martin guitar. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's like, that's, I mean, if you think about it, your house is on fire. That'd be, you grab pictures. It's the only thing. No, I, 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 yeah, I, I, that's the only thing I'd grab is because it's irreplaceable. Yeah. And it's like, I always said the day he loses his ability to play the guitar is when he's gone. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, until the very end. So Wow, man. So what that gets me thinking about is, I think, a thoughtful question to ask an individual that you're getting to know, a business owner. I'm actually going to put it on my application form is going, if you think about one of your parents or someone you love more than anything, what's one thing that makes you think of them, an item, an artifact? And Think about the depth of that question and if you'd gift around that. Um, I, I, I would have never thought of that until right now, but I'm actually going to make that a routine conversation point. Um, and uh, yeah. It gets to the heart of who we are. It gets to the heart of, you know, like there, we strip everything away. Like we don't need more stuff. We don't need more trinkets and more, no. you know, bottles of wine. Like all those things are fine. They're table stakes. If you wanted to continue to do them, mm-hmm. clients and employees and whatever else. But if you really want to move somebody and inspire them at a deep emotional way and be in your, you know, like everybody talks about like, oh, you know, who's in your corner, who has your back. I'm like, when you show up for people in meaningful ways, especially in the Valley, like, you know, we're in challenging times. Some, some people are really, really challenged. But, uh, but in the Valley, like that, my, my mentor, Paul would talk about like his cheesy way of saying it was like on a bad day, you need the extra scoop of ice cream. Yeah. And, uh, and that was his way of saying like when people are challenged or, or whatever else, but if you really anytime when you can just show up for people just because and connect it to that, their, why they're who they are, they're the fabric of their being. And oftentimes like, you know, we all have parents, we all have, most people have a significant other or kids or pets. Like as human beings, there are certain things that are universally tied to it. And so, so many times we forget the humanity of things as we're going about our Facebook campaigns and our big conferences and our marketing budgets in this, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine figures. And we forget like oftentimes businesses rise and fall on a few dozen relationships. Sometimes it's one or two relationships. Yeah. And, and, and most of the time those people are under it. Oftentimes we take the people that are closest, most important to us for granted. We don't show up for people on random Tuesdays with things for our wife or our husband because they're there. They already said yes. And we do the same thing with our clients. Oh, we don't have to do it for the client. I'm like, don't do it because you have to do it because you want to, because you chose to. That's when it's powerful. Not because it's your 50th anniversary. Show up on random Tuesdays leading up to 50 and you'll get to 50. And, uh, and, and the same thing with clients. You want retention? Show up for people because you want to, not because you're obligated to, not because of the contract, not because it's Christmas. Start doing things intentionally because you want to. And when you do that, guess what? Like it'll come back around. We all know whether you believe in a God or not, like the w- world is wired 
you do good things, good things come back oftentimes 10 and a hundred fold, but we forget about it and we mail it in and we do these generic crappy things and we think we're gifting, but no, we're just doing stuff and stuff doesn't feel good. So here's something. Um, I'm going to wrap up my side and I want you to think about your big takeaway and a wrap up item in addition to just sending people over so they can learn more about you. And that's just by going to John And it's, um, R U H L I N. So J O H N R U H L I N.com. You'll learn more about John, his giftology group, his team, and some of the things he does. There's great stories on the website. So I want to pop that in now and you can, you can do that again. But the next thing, John is, I've told people this for probably 15 years. I truly believe um, in it, which is we are all one relationship, one connection away from someone who can get to know us on a deep level, care about us, build a transformational, not a transactional relationship. And that individual could supply you with all of the clients and customers you could ever use for the rest of your professional career. I've often said, you know, it's like, one appearance on Johnny Carson could make a comedian for the rest of their life. You know, it was, you go back, Robin Williams and uh, uh, Richard Pryor, for example, they were two of the greats who showed up there and it made them, you know, or David Letterman at the time. And nowadays it could be a Fallon or a Kimmel or whomever, you know, Um, nowadays, I guess it's Joe Rogan, but it doesn't have to be a celebrity connection. It can simply be, that ambassador, that one connection, that one relationship that you leave a one of a kind relationship on or with, or someone they care about deeply. So um, that is the power and art of something that comes from the heart and is meaningful and uh, like this. So I'd like you to, to put this ship in the Harbor and what would you like to leave people with as they walk away from this interview today, John? Yeah. Well, I mean, my, I have four little girls and, you know, my, I asked my four-year-old, she's now nine, almost 10. You know, what, what do you think dad does? Cause you know, like I would leave the house and you know, all my employees work remotely in different places. I don't have some big office or whatever else. And she's like, she thought for a second, she's like, dad, you help people love on people. And I was like, man, four-year-old can sum up your business really, really well. Um, what I'd say is that um, make this like, this is like, this can be a math equation, like make this a part of your overarching, you know, plan. Most people have a, you know, an operations plan, maybe a finance plan, you know, business plan, what's your relationship plan. And if you don't have a plan for your relationships, your clients, your employees, your centers of influence, your, even your vendors and your, your suppliers, like I treat them like gold because I don't have a business without my suppliers and my vendors. And, and I would say, take a, a day or an hour and write down all the people that over the last one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years that have allowed you to have a company or a business or, or be employed at this company. And oftentimes we start realizing, Oh my gosh, there's been a lot of people that have contributed to getting me to where I'm at. And I haven't properly said thank you. And it doesn't have to be a gift. It could be a video. It could be taking an hour a week, writing handwritten notes to those people but have a plan for your relationships of how you're going to show up for those people. If you want a bit, a blueprint and a structure, you know, we charge thousands of dollars to put all of our clients through our agency side to lay out the plan before we pick out gifts or any of the stupid stuff. They have to have a plan of who they're taking care of and what's the budget. Do they want to reinvest 5% of profits, 10%, 15, like make it a, like, 
our best clients that get the best results are doing five to 15% of net profits back into all of their relationships to keep them, grow them and turn them into salespeople for them, for the brand as an ambassador. So you can go to giftologysystem.com. You can steal our entire blueprint and you can go do it on your own. At the end of the day, I want a million people, a million leaders specifically to be radically generous with all of their relationships. Because if we get a million leaders to be more radically generous, there's a trickle down effect and it'll impact tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people. Because if the leader does it, then the VP of sales starts thinking differently about how they treat their spouse, how they treat their clients. The director of marketing starts, there's a trickle down effect. So if I can get a leader to do it and, and do it on their own and think about this and own this and realize this is about relationships, then good things start to happen in the world. And so that's my BHAG. That's my like, what I want on my tombstone. At least one of the things is he inspired a million people to go love on their relationships well. And that to me is a, is a, a legacy worth working towards. I love that. Thank you, John. So, um, well, again, so the, the domains to head on over to is johnrulin.com. Uh, and also you just uh, passed this along, which is... Uh, Giftology uh, system. Giftology system. Okay. Uh -huh. And I'll make sure that's in the liner notes as well. And the way I'm going to wrap this up, besides just thanking you for this, this is a, I had a great time, uh, is letting people know it's my opinion that entrepreneurship is an international language of peace. Um, the fastest way to create peace is by creating uh, massive wealth and wealth on multiple levels. I'm not talking just a financial one. And I think thematically, that's really what the capability amplifier podcast is, is also about in addition to just expanding and increasing your capabilities. And this is one of them. And so my ask for everyone besides just checking out John's site is, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with someone who you know could make an impact on another one by creating deeper, more meaningful connections and relationships. And the second one is if you've enjoyed this, make sure you head on over to iTunes and rate it and leave a review. And uh, that really does make a big, big difference. It allows us to spread the, the faith and um, it inspires Dan Sullivan and myself to continue to do these episodes because we're not packing. We're not using advertisements. We're doing it because we love to do it. And we love uh, we love creating for you and with you and giving you inspiration and motivation, certainty, clarity, and connection. So with that, this is Capability Amplifier. My name is Mike Koenigs. I was here today with John Rulin. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you in the next episode.